All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast, a special during the week episode for the NFL Awards. Celebrate, guys, Brandon and Shane. It is our NFL Awards. Woo! It's one of my favorite shows of the year. This is going to be yeah. really, really fun. We decided to start from top to bottom, so we have a list here that we did from Google Doc. The AP Awards, the nominees are based off of NFL.com. Obviously, they released that about a week ago. Um, Our rules are you can't pick uh, who isn't a nominee, uh, except Shane has one that isn't a nominee for MVP, but again, (laughs) he will have to pick from the nominees officially. And then we have our individual awards, best O-line, best front seven, best receiving core, best secondary, best special teamer, kicker slash punter, best RB duo, best head coaching hire pre-offseason, game of the year, number one broadcast team, number one sideline reporter, and Brandon's own Matt Canada award um, coming up at the end of the show. Um, For these awards, we cannot pick. So the two rules are for the AP, we have to pick from the nominees. And then for all of the awards, we cannot pick based on playoff success because that is how the AP runs it. We want to be as official as possible. So those are our two rules. Other than that, um, if we have a consensus for who wins, they will win our version of the award. If we don't, I'll just kind of let it go uh, because it's our picks at the end of the day. And with that, we begin with the AP most valuable player brandon would you like to go first before we go to shane uh who is your ap MVP? uh yeah i'll take it uh i mean for me this was easy we said it throughout the show you know often almost from the midpoint of the season till now um and for me it's cmc so i mean what, what can you say that hasn't been said about about christian mccaffrey i mean he's the engine of the Niners offense, the, I mean, the guy, all he does every year, it seems like he's getting better and better. I've never seen a running back that literally can turn a, a eight yard loss into like a five yard gain. Um, I mean, unless, unless his name is Barry Sanders. <laughs> um, but yeah, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey easily. I mean, he was a rushing yards leader this year. You know, he got, he finally made another another first team All Pro. He made a second team All Pro in what his his not his rookie season, second season, something like that. Um, but this was the this was the first year since 2019 he made he made his first team All Pro. Um, so that's important to note. I mean, the guy all he I mean, look at his scrimmage yards. He had over 2,000 yards in scrimmage. He hasn't done that since 2019. Um, he's had his he has most touchdowns combined this year. He had 21 combined touchdowns. Um. With, without him, the Niners wouldn't even be close to the Super Bowl. So, I, to me, Christian McCaffrey is is the MVP by not just by a little bit, by far. Yeah. So. If you if you look at, I'm also gonna read the nominees. It's not that important for AP because everyone knows the nominees: Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, CMC, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. Uh, for me as well, it is Christian McCaffrey uh, for all the reasons that you said and more. I know Lamar will win this award for the last couple of years. Yeah. I don't think I've picked a QB in my ballot to win the award. Uh, This is another year where I think it's easily CMC. Shane, you have to pick from the nominees, but you have a non-nominee for your vote for MVP. Uh, Do you want us to guess who we think it is first? So 
Well, let me just say this. Officially, on paper, I'm going CMC for all the reasons Brandon stated. You know, all right, guy was CM- doing it CM- all this year. CMC wins our combined award. He actually gets the combined award. Unanimous. Unanimous yeah. combined award. Um, I know. I know it's going to be Lamar, and I think there's a, a fair case for him. I just think, I just felt like McCaffrey did more. Um, so, uh, that's me. Um, Our first official combined award in, on the first award. How about that? Mm, all right, like show's it. over. Good night, guys. <laughs> um, but the guy who won it in my heart was not a nominee. So what what are your guys' guesses? I'm not going to say yes or no. I'm just going to say okay and go to the next guy. I, I'm going to go with the one guy that I think should have been over Josh Allen. And I think it sh- I think the fact that Tyreek Hill's not a nominee pisses me off. It's so dumb. Really? He would have been he would okay. he would have been number 2 on my ballot if he was a nominee. I I I, I can't I can't believe he's not a nominee. I'm I am dumbfounded by the idea he's not a nominee. He was the little engine that could for those for those Minnesota Vikings. The idea or not Minnesota Vikings, what the hell? Miami Dolphins. Different weather <laughs> entirely there. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's I think and it's colors. Uh, and colors. Uh Tyreek Hill not being a nominee and just throwing in a bunch of quarterbacks to me is dumbfounding. Yeah. He totally would have been number two on my ballot um in this category. Um Brandon, who do you think it is? God, I mean, I would, I would love to say Tyreek Hill, and that's where my mind kind of is too. Um, but oh my God, I, well, oh, I mean, there's there's a lot of people I could pick from. I listen, I I know we don't like pick. I mean, they listen, everybody hates the Cowboys, but in my mind, I'm thinking Ceedee Lamb. But oh, I okay, but I but I don't think it's Ceedee. I do think it's it's Tyreek Hill, but. Shane, do, do us the honor. What do, we, what do we got? So MVP is a guy who is the most valuable player. The guy who not necessarily was the best player, but who had the greatest impact for his team. And in my mind, there was a guy who had a performance this year that was so unbelievable took a team that I thought was going to be the worst in the league to the playoffs. That man is CJ Stroud. He, hey, I, know he I like it. 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 I like I know, it. He should have been a nominee a rookie, too. But, and I never thought I would give a rookie an MVP nod, but I was looking at everybody and I was like, you know what? This year, I think he's, the guy who fits that description best. I, I really love don't it. think there was another guy in the league who was more valuable to his team than Stroud was. I, um, I, I love it. And by the way, so, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this right off the bat. He's the guy I forgot. He should have been a nominee. He should have been a nominee, and I put him over Brock Purdy. He totally should have been a nominee. I, st- I, I yeah. Brock Purdy. Yeah. I, I, bro, he, I forgot. He so, totally should have been a nominee. Mind, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love mind, it. And I know why he wasn't nominated because he's a rookie. I get it. But I'm just saying. And it's, as you guys know, it's, I mean, I never even consider rookies, but, uh, but yeah, I, 
I was like trying to find every reason in my head to say, no, it's not him. But I was like, God, I just God, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> the only yeah, no, that's the only, the only reason. reason. That's exactly the only reason. I love it. Yeah. And I and, and to be fairly honest, Shane, I think my favorite part about your case is at the very least, your case is why he should have ended up as a nominee. At the at yeah. the bare minimum. I think you're exactly then, right. Therefore, my offensive rookie of the year would have been Puka Nakua, but you know, that's that's a uh, a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, so that's that's my mystery candidate. But yeah, I I, um, I totally forgot that he paper, should have been a nominee. Uh, on paper, though, I'm going CMC yeah. um, for the AP. <clears throat> Congratulations to CMC. Uh, really, we really quickly, well we acknowledge him more. Really quickly. Where, if you were to give me your ballot, where does Lamar Jackson land with these nominees, and why is Lamar Jackson not your MVP? Ooh, I put him about fourth, maybe fifth. I I put him. I put him. I put him at. I put him at two. I think so. But out of out of these guys, yeah, out of these uh, guys on this list. Oh, oh. Out of the oh, out of the five nominees, yes, yeah, yeah, two, two, yeah, I think. I believe it or not, and this is going to sound like blasphemy coming from me. (laughs) I put I put him at three. Over who? I I because this is what's going to sound like blasphemy. I put Dak Prescott over him. I don't (laughs) think Dak was MVP worthy that much for most of the year. I because. Dak, I mean, he finally made an all-pro team this year. Uh, I mean, his numbers are just better than Lamar's. Um, and I just think, I mean, listen, CeeDee Lamb is is the the guy on that team. Like, you know, if without him, the Cowboys really don't succeed. But Dak really went off this year. I mean, a lot of games, there was a lot, some games he stat bad. But remember, he was also injured last year, too. He was injured last year. Comes this year, he's got you know this is his you know fully fully healthy season. I mean, he had 36 TDs, which actually led the league. His 36 passing TDs led the league. Um, so you know, and, he, and this is the first season in what in three years that he threw. Or I mean, we don't count 2020 because he was hurt. Plus, it was a COVID. I think COVID year. But this was his first season. If you don't count 2020, his first season in in four plus years where he. Through less than ten interceptions, he had nine picks this year. So his passer rating was also the highest of his career, um, and he didn't turn the ball over really a lot. And we always knock on him for that. So you know what? I I give it to him uh, over Lamar. I just I know Lamar did more with less, but I mean, it's just that you know I I can't get over the fact that. I just, I just in my mind, Dak did more. I mean, I got to, I got to see, play, I got to see Dak play more, obviously, too, because of division. But yeah, it would go CMC and then Dak and Lamar for me. So yeah, and it's yeah, oh yeah, it's the Cowboys. But they're so, on TV all the time. Still, Everyone yeah. sees them. <laughs> but, I mean, but, but also remember, you got to remember, second place gets nothing, so it doesn't even matter where they finish. But that it, it would be one, two, three <laughs> that way. CMC yeah. and then Dak and Lamar. Uh, let's go AP yeah. Defensive Player of the Year. Shane, start us off. Uh, really quickly, I'll, re- I'll make sure to read the nominees from now on. Deron Bland, Cowboys quarter, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, 
Micah Parsons, and TJ Watt, Shane Startersoff, AP Defensive Player of the Year. Um, well, you know, I I went with TJ Watt last year, and or maybe it was the year before. Anyways. I believe it was last and, year. Yeah. And I was going to this year, but then I thought about it more. And I know TJ Watt was the sack leader, and that was very impressive. Um, but when I look at guys who had not only a lot of sacks, but just a lot of tackles as well, who were really efficient in both the past and run defense, Max Crosby jumps out a lot more to me. Um, so I, I got to go with him. And I know that TJ Watt is probably the popular choice. And, um, and I mean, that he's a very close second. Like, I, I do not have a problem with him getting it by any means. Um, but I think, I, I think Max Crosby just, just impressed me a little bit more because he, he just felt like he was a little more involved. Um, which it's nothing against TJ Watt. It's just you know, it's how it's how impressed I was with, with Crosby. Brandon, what do you have? Yeah, I I thought about it for a little bit and I actually looked up these guys' numbers. I remember these guys are all, you know, close. These guys are all great in their own way. I mean, Duran Bland is it's 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 funny because he's what is he? He's a rookie. Um you know, no, he's he's a he's a he's a third year. He's a third year. Really? He's third year. No, he's a third year. Yeah, they mentioned that. I don't know. Some broadcast I think screwed that up too. Because I remember so, there was a couple broadcasts I think that did mention him as being a rookie. I'm like, I don't know. About I, I that, think it's like okay, year so. two or year three. Anyway, yeah. yeah well, this was like his that. first year doing anything, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. All right. So you see, like when when a guy breaks out like that after kind of being like kind of low on the radar, I, I still consider him a rookie, I guess. But, um, I mean, his numbers, you know, interception numbers, the, the TDs, all that stuff, it looks great. But he did get burnt a lot this year. So, I don't I, – to me, he just – he's instantly disqualified from it. Um, I, like – I like Micah, Micah Parsons, but I think Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, and C.J. Watt all had better seasons. So, I – for me, it's C.J. Watt. Um the, the guy just does everything. He's he. I've never like we, we thought JJ in his prime was a beast, and he was. His brother's even better. TJ Watt is insane. You know, TJ Watt is on a whole nother planet. That I don't know how many. I don't know how many. Like the only man that can touch what TJ Watt has done already in his career is maybe three guys: Bruce Smith. Reggie White, Michael Strahan, that and they, and LT because LT's defense. He's not a defensive lineman, but in terms of defensive, just wrecking games, that's that's him. But those four guys are probably the only guys that that to me can touch TJ Watt. Um, but TJ or TJ Watt can touch them, I should say. But TJ Watt just all his numbers. I mean, what do you have? He had eight uh, pass deflections, I think, this year. He had a lot of them. He had he had. One fumble recovery for a TD. He had three fumble recovery, fumble recoveries in general. He had four for, forced fumbles on top of having, I think he actually led the league too in like tackles for or quarterback hits. 
He was leading quarterback hits. He had like 36 of them. Uh, of course, in the sacks too, 19 sacks is ridiculous. Like, but it's like for TJ Watt, that's another day at the office. That's how ridiculously insane he is. Um, you know, so TJ Watt is definitely to me that the, the guy that that fits the bill for the defensive player of the year. You guys are gonna hate me. You guys are gonna oh, hate no. me. Deron Bland oh, no. is my defensive player of the year. Oh no! And you guys are oh, no. crazy that he's not. How is he not? He came out of nowhere. He, he came out he of is nowhere. My last choice of these five. He came yeah, out of my he, last choice too. He came out of nowhere, and yeah, his coverage wasn't amazing. But bro, at the midway point of the season, he scored more touchdowns than half the fucking league. Quarter of the fucking league. It was nuts. The guy came out of nowhere and scored more than half the league. Yeah, the offenses weren't that great this year, but what the hell? I don't know. Like, I get it. The Cowboys are the Cowboys corners are pick machines. But like all these other guys, you know, they're gonna get awards in years to come. They're all studs. They're all amazing defensive linemen. I don't think Deron Blaine gets back to this kind of level of just absolute genius. Of picking the ball. Nobody gets to that level again. I have to give him the award. I was so impressed by how the guy just got balls. You talk about a true ball hawk. He's number one. The Guys don't get to the end zone that easy on pick sixes. It's insane to me. Um, yeah. It's definitely Jerome Blair. It's, de- it's insane. It's yeah, absolutely me, insane. Yeah. I I guess, like, to me, it's just with him, you know, it, it's like it's like voting MVP for a quarterback who has 40 touchdowns but 20 interceptions. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Because it's like, yeah, he's got a lot of the, uh, you know, he's got a lot of pop. <laughs> but yeah. uh, right. at the but, same time, he messes up a lot. And it's yeah. Like, okay, yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, that's, look, that, that's, that's, just, that's yeah. old Cowboys corners, that's too. too. That's old Cowboys corners, too. I get it. But the fact that this guy took stuff back. Like, Diggs, what was it, last year when he had those pick thing? I think I picked him last year, too. But, like, the thing is, I just, bro, it's hard to take this shit back. And he did it, like, more times than anybody in league history, I think. It's nuts. It's nuts to me, and that, that for me is why he gets the award. But I, I understand where you guys are coming from. I just think the fact that he did what he did this year, scoring points for his team, being an X-factor on defense like that, I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. But I think it is fair uh, to go with the other nominees over Bland. And honestly, I think Bland will be last on a lot of the rest of the Associated Press as well, to be fair. Um, AP Offensive Player of the Year. All Tyler. right, so second... Second award, and we're back to uh, not having the same opinion on anything. <laughs> uh, uh, AP Offensive Player of the Year, Tyree Kill, Lamar Jackson, C.D. Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott. Uh, Brandon, you go first. You know what's funny is that this award is hard for me because it's literally between CMC and Tyree Kill. And we've also said we've said that for the majority of the season. And I'm so torn because I don't want to double down on CMC. But like 
how can you not <laughs> given what he's done? I mean, I listen, I I want to pick Tyreek Hill so bad and I, I would love to be just different. do it. Share the love. Like, yeah, and, and you know what? I, I think I have to just because listen, CMC is not gonna win MVP in real life. He'll probably he'll probably win this award. He'll so, definitely win this award. I don't think there's a question. So, so, so I think it, just to be different, because to me, I I know he'll probably win it. And to me, I just I know his numbers are so great and what he is to that team. But Tyree Kill to me is is my pick for our show, just because. I mean, Tyree Kill literally is is the ultimate X factor weapon wide receiver. The guy does everything. And early in his career, you know, he used to be, you know, great at being a kick returner. But now that they started, you know, now that he's been used as an actual wide receiver, the guy is a, is a top three wide receiver in football. Um, and this year he said he led the league in receiving yards, receiving TDs. I mean, like, you know, there's nothing that he doesn't do. Uh, you know, it's it's just ridiculous how good he is. I mean, this was his this was his fifth first team all pro um it's it's just it's hard not to pick him he he's everything he does how quick he is he's a game breaker i mean so is cmc and cmc will win this award in real life but tyreek hill is a game breaker that is absolutely just phenomenal in every way shape or form i don't know how there's not many adjectives uh, left in i think in my head to describe how great tyreek hill is so he's my pick for this award uh, I also am going to take him for this award. Again, I, I said my piece during the MVP. The fact he wasn't an MVP pisses me off. I never double down on this award either. I just don't like to do it. I think if you're going to give a guy MVP, give him MVP. It's a more important award anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I'm taking Tyreek Hill uh, with that's ease. What I was thinking. You're right. I'm taking Tyreek Hill with ease. Shane? Me too. We're back to agree. Yes. Oh my God. Ty- we're here. <laughs> Tyree Kill wins our combined offensive play of the year. Uh, congrats, Tyree Kill. AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. Really quick before we get to this, is this some of the best? Is this the best nominees list we've ever seen for this award? Is this the most? Not, and by the way, not only that, there's a couple. Post first round picks in this award with Puka and Sam. Yeah, this is this is one of the most impressive offensive rookie of the year bunches we've ever had. Um, Shane, I CJ Stroud for you pretty clearly, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If um, <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> um, if oh, yeah, like I said, it would be it'd be Puka if I could vote for CJ Stroud for MVP. Um, but since I can't do that, yeah, I'll be CJ Stroud for sure. Um, but I mean, like you said, this is a really good list. Like these guys are all top notch players. The only guy that I think shouldn't be on this list is Bijan Robinson. And the only reason he shouldn't be on this. And the only reason he shouldn't be on this list is no fault to its own. It's Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's it, yeah. it, it's actually no fault of his own because he's gonna have an amazing career. For me, it's easily CJ Stroud. I love Puka. I really want to take Puka for this award because I, as, as CJ Stroud, just what he did was beyond anything you would ever expect for a rookie quarterback. But like, what Puka did this year deserves a ton of love. I mean, the guy came out of nowhere in the fifth round, 
Nobody knew who he was, and he was top 10, top 15 receiver. Dude, in the next five years, is going to be a top three NFL wide receiver. I, I, I swear to God. I, it, it's as long un- as he's healthy. As long as he's healthy. It, it's going to be fucking crazy. So much love to Puka. It's CJ easily, though, because what he did was just off the charts. Brandon. And here we go back to disagreeing. I what? for the award. You take Puka for the award. Wow. Okay. I don't mind it at all. I really don't. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and you know why? Because even though, because even though CJ I was gonna did, clap. Did I was gonna clap. By the way, I was gonna clap. I thought you were gonna take CJ. I was starting to clap. Damn it. No. Yeah. No. I. I'm. I'm taking. I'm taking. Because I'm. Listen. I. I am in that same thought process where I'm like, I. I'm not like. Kind of just like, like CJ should be probably in the MVP conversation. And I would rather put him there. I mean, listen, he doesn't work. He's obviously a rookie, but Puka broke. Like, listen, CJ broke records too, but he broke like game records. Like, but Puka broke actual season records. He for rookies, he broke the receiving record for rookies, and he broke the receiving yards record for rookies. Um, with, without him, like we can say, you know, with without the Texans or without CJ Stroud, Texans don't make the playoffs, which is true. But without Puka, the Rams definitely don't make the playoffs. The Rams are a four-win no. team. The Rams are a four-win team, dog. So, yeah. So I, I mean, without without Puka, that that team would have even come close. That team would have been done in October. So, I so Puka's my pick for those reasons. Yeah, and it's fair. It's fair. I if CJ Stroud didn't have the year he had, it would have been easily Puka for me. AP Defensive yeah. Player Year. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Joey Porter, Kobe Turner, and Devin Witherspoon. Um, Brandon, go ahead because I know who you're taking. Please make your case. <laughs> Please, okay. But but this is ge- this is genuine though, and here's why this is a this is genuine here. Will Anderson will probably win this award, uh, and and you don't agree, and explain why you I don't, don't agree. I don't agree either. By the way. Well, but but explain I, why your boy Jalen Carter wins this award for you. I don't know if Will Anderson actually wins it because I think as of right now, it's like neck and neck between him and Jalen Carter. I think for for I mean this is just betting odds. Yeah. I think it's neck and neck between those two. Like they're like in a dead heat. So it's not definitive yet. I mean, Will Anderson probably will because you know, these awards hate Eagles players. So these awards know, also like really, really high top picks who had hype going to the draft. And Will Anderson was that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jalen Carter was too. Um, but Will Anderson was more so. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's, it's Jalen Carter. Look, look, I, I know Will Anderson is great, but Jalen Carter, he, he ticked off every stat box. He had a blocked field goal. He had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. He has, he only has what one less sack. Than, than Will Anderson. He got double teamed more than Will Anderson, I believe, if, if the numbers are correct. He was double teamed way more at his position than Will Anderson. He was even triple teamed at some points. And he was still getting pressure on the QB. And at one point, especially early in the season, he led the, like, it was like, he was either one or two in, like, pressures in the NFL. He was, he was literally, like, on a game to game basis, was, break, was breaking records for DTs. And we talk about Aaron Donald, but the only reason why Jalen Carter fell off in the second half of the season was because really, really the rest of the team did. 
I mean, if they would have kept going the way they were going through the first 10 games, even though it wasn't great, you know, they were still winning games. If they would have kept going, Jalen Carter would have had double-digit sacks. And he's going to do it next year as long as he's healthy and as long as that team gets, you know, better defensively. I mean, you know, when you're putting so much on a rookie to do everything defensively, and we'll understand how a lot had a lot to do defensively too. But Jalen Carter had, you know, Philadelphia is the sexier team. It's bigger lights. It's it's a bigger, you know, Philadelphia is a bigger atmosphere. It's Not for fans. Know, yeah. Anyway, for fans, yeah. But um so Jalen Carter to me is, is my pick just because the, the, he he ticked off more boxes more stat boxes and just the eye test, he was better. And I'm not going to give it to Williams. Williamson has one more sack, but he got like, what? it was like two, two and a half sacks in his final game of the season. So really, if you think about it, Will Anderson had less sacks than Jalen Carter. I don't count one game as him being better than Jalen Carter. So he had one Jalen game Carter, with an insane amount of sacks and that kind yeah. of vaulted him into this, but not saying Will like, Anderson's not going to be great. He's already unbelievable. Oh yeah. That. Oh yeah, yeah, he's unbelievable. But but my boy Jalen Carter should should win this award. He 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 did more for that Eagles. He was the best player on that Eagles defensive line. Basically, not not even Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick had more sacks, but Jalen Carter did more to disrupt the games than anybody on that Eagles defensive line, or, or basically almost anybody in the NFC, even. Um, so Jalen Carter for me is my pick. Shane, what do you got for defensive rookie of the year? Well, I got the little spoon out of the Pacific Northwest. Um, Devin Witherspoon. I I think, yeah, I I think it's, um, I think it's close between Witherspoon and Carter. Um, But I just, when I look at them head to head, you know, Witherspoon had almost as many sacks as Carter and you know, granted he wasn't like double and triple teamed, but, um, but just when you, when you look at what he was able to do in the past game with coverage and no, he's not like the flashiest corner. He wasn't getting a bunch of picks or anything, but he did not allow many passes in his direction. And, I mean, it didn't matter where the play was happening. He was always there just <laughs> to do something, whether it was in the backfield or, uh, you know, tackling a guy for a loss. Or um, he was, you know, 30 yards deep running some guy down. Whatever, you know, he just, I just felt like he had more of an impact for his team. Um, but, you know, I, I don't. I don't think Jalen Carr is a bad pick for that either. Uh, I will Anderson would probably be my third on this list, um, but you know that's that's just me. <laughs> yeah. um, Joey Porter obviously deserves some love. Kobe Turner was a surprise, but he had an amazing year. For me, uh, it is Jalen Carter. Um, just what he did this year, pretty much all season. Will Anderson had a couple big games. Like I remember watching NFL Red Zone, and he would have a couple big games. That's one of the things that's difficult about this defensive rookie of the year list is guys had breakouts at different points of the year, mm-hmm. and and that yeah. makes it really yeah. hard. Like where because because they 
like they had they were great all season, but they had breakouts at different points. So you could really make a case for anybody just because of that breakout. So I think it is really hard. But for me, it is Jalen Carter. I think no matter who wins this award, I'm going to be pretty happy uh, just because I think all these guys are going to have great careers. AP Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, we all know who's going to win it. I have a question. Do any of you have DeMar Hamlin actually winning this award on your ballot? Uh, I don't. I mean, I know he's going to win it, but no, I, I don't have him. Brandon, do you? No. I'm gonna, not, even, not even close. I'm going to name this for the history of our show, the AP DeMar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, he deserves the fair. he deserves the namesake of the award. We're going to give him the namesake for the history of this show. For years to come, he will have the namesake for this award. Uh, just because I look what that guy did to come back, you know, just one of the most unbelievable stories in the history of this league. Uh, but again, we talked about it for most of the year. He only played what five to ten snaps, um, so mm-hmm. that makes it really hard. But. I'll, 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 since we don't have him on our ballot or high enough on our ballot, uh, I will name it the AP DeMar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year. Um, I'll go first, I guess, for this one. Uh, Joe Flacco, uh, quarterback, uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, really quick, Flacco, Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, Stafford into, uh, for me, it's Joe Flacco. And I honestly don't even think it's that, like, Baker's pretty close. Like, I had Baker in there for a while, and I said, I think, I said, I think, uh, pretty close to the end of the year that I had Baker winning the award. But the more I think about it, man, Joe Flacco led this team from his couch. Dude sat on his couch for 12 weeks and took this team to the playoffs. Yeah, look, the defense was good, but Joe Flacco played out of his mind. And if you're telling me that this guy's not a Hall of Famer, you're crazy. Like, honestly, this season for Joe Flacco made it very easy for me to put him on my Hall of Fame ballot. Probably not first ballot. I think first ballot's a little much. Uh, But I think this year honestly cemented it for me that that guy's a Hall of Famer. Because I was like, what is his end of career going to look like? Is he just going to be a Jets backup his whole time? Like, that's going to hurt his case. He he won a Hall of Fame case for me this year, which is honestly unbelievable. But uh, I know he's not the best quarterback. I know he's not elite. But uh, for me, he, he has a Hall of Fame case. And for me, it's not first ballot, but I think the dude makes the Hall of Fame. I think this year uh, kind of cemented it for me on top of the fact that he was just on his couch for 12 weeks. Uh, so for me, it is Joe Flacco. Uh, Shane, go ahead. Um, I'm also going Flacco. I think there's a great case for Baker uh, just because he was there all season, you know, and really built that whole thing up. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Flacco, when you consider a situation being a free agent, not playing, and and then all of a sudden he's the team's fourth quarterback and they're starting, their star running back is out and they only have, like, one good receiver and, <laughs> like, everything's just falling apart. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just going to kick ass. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... That's pretty cool. Um, even though it was only, you know, what, six games or whatever it was. Um, I I do have to disagree with you about the Hall of Fame part. I don't think that dude belongs anywhere near the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, I don't even think he's allowed to fly in the airplane over it. 
Um, <laughs> but you know, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, this was this was great what he did in these six games. But you know, the rest of his career, he was like, uh, you know, a Kirk Cousins his whole career. I mean, what? Yeah, we're not. He has Super Kirk Bowls. Enough to get he has there. Super Bowls, bro. Super Bowls. That's yeah, enough. You don't care. <laughs> yeah, but no. Yeah, but there's no a Super Bowl singular. Our defense was great. Was pretty good that year, though. Raven oh, was it was unbelievable. It was one of the best Ravens defenses or defenses as a whole we've ever seen. I'm, I look. I'm at least gonna put him in there. I'm at least gonna say he can go to Canton. You don't even want him to go to Canton, which is a a lot. Um, no. <laughs> um, Brandon, uh, what 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 is your thoughts for the Demar Hamlin comeback play of the year? Boy, start clapping. It's unanimous. Joe Flacco. Oh, my. I um, thought you were going to take Baker. What? I, I, hey. I, I, went, I went back and forth. I went back and Me forth. Me too. For the, for the longest time between Baker and Joe. And, I, like, literally up until, I think, up until we came on the, on the pod tonight, I went back and forth. <laughs> Just because it's that close. But Baker Mayfield... Had a starting job going into the season. Joe Flacco had a stay-at-home job this season. <laughs> so, so when you consider that Joe Flacco came off his couch, fresh off of uh, uh, you know a five o'clock cheesy shadow, you know Doritos and Mountain Dew, and and came in and like he wasn't just serviceable for the Browns. This guy had had multiple three hundred yard games and like three or four passing TDs in a game with the Browns and like, listen, a couple games he threw a couple crazy interceptions. But that's what you get with Joe Flacco, but he was lighting it up. Like, don't let them, don't let the, the, the kind of interception numbers in the short span of time. Like, don't let the numbers really like watch the games. You'll see that Joe Flacco was good. And yeah, I'm in the same boat as Shane. He's not a hall of famer, but I like, you know, the only, I think the only way he gets to Ken is if he's, you know, sitting in the crowd watching one of his teammates go in <laughs> But, but, but I, I, but Joe Flacco is definitely the winner of this award. And I, and it like, it's, it's literally like, like if I can do it this way, there is no one, there's no one and two for this. It's one A, one B. That's how close this was between yeah. Flacco and Mayfield. So, and, and Mayfield deserves love too, because I mean, the guy threw for 4,000 yards this year, he, he basically didn't almost, he didn't really have a team last year. Um, you know, bounced around. We, you know, we thought, okay. It's got to be a good stopgap, you know, for the Bucks. And all of a sudden, he lights it up this year. Give him a three-year contract. And Tampa, give him a three-year contract. He's your starter. Don't even question it. He's your starter. Yeah. Don't question it. Yeah. But, yeah, but I – so I could see Baker getting it. I know DeMar in real life will get it, DeMar Hamlin. But to me, it's all of us. It's it's Joe Flacco. Yeah. Easily. Joe Flacco wins uh, the, our new namesake award, the DeMar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year. Is was this year enough for you to say if Joe Flacco doesn't retire in this offseason, which I think he might, uh, you see a backup quarterback somewhere in this league next year? Man, I would imagine. I, I see. I, I want to think so, but God, it's like how old is he? Like almost forty? <laughs> yeah. 40? Yeah. Like, like you know, he's thirty nine. He'll be. He'll be. 40 by the end of next season. So, I mean, I think he'll probably play one more year, but I can't see him going past 40. Like that's a little bit crazy. Um, I think, I think he'll have a backup role. Uh, 
well, depending, you, know, you never you never know what injuries or something like that he might get forced back into a starting role somewhere. But uh, he'll have he'll have one, I think one more season with him think he'll retire. So yeah, I think give him. I think I want him to play one more year. If he doesn't, I still think a pretty good career overall. AP Coach of the Year. This one's kind of rough. This one's tough. Uh, Dan Campbell, yeah. <laughs> John Harbaugh, D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's, by the way, won Assistant Coach of the Year last year. I think unanimously for all of us last year. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. And you didn't pick him last year for assistant? I forgot no. who we picked for assistant. Dude. No, I, I don't remember who I picked. I just know it wasn't him because yeah. I was like, have you seen the 49ers defense? My dog could be their defensive coordinator and they'd still be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh Jesus. Anyway, so Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, D'Amico Ryans, Kyle Shannon, and Kevin Stefanski. Uh Brandon, go ahead. So I wanted to pick between between, you know, bite them kneecaps off Dan Campbell and and you know and D'Amico Ryans, but I think given how massively over listen, both teams overachieved to the max, but I think we more so expected the Lions to make the playoffs and to win that and to possibly win that division this year than the Texans. The Texans weren't supposed to go anywhere this year, and they did. So I'm giving it to to, to D'Amico Ryan's. Um it's just it's it's really just that it, it, that's all it came down to. I love both coaches. I love how much they get their players to play for them. I love that, you know, they were very smart in the way they went about things this year and, and you know, and how they really game planned for, for teams and, and how they worked to all their, to literally every single player's strength on the team. Um, but I think the biggest difference is just that I expected the Lions to make the playoffs. I didn't think the Texans were going to be close. I think they were going to be better, but I still didn't think, I still didn't think they were going to be even I didn't think they were going to win a. I didn't even think they make the playoffs. I didn't think they were going to win a playoff game, and then uh, here they were, and they they won a playoff game. So, and just what CJ Stroud did is enough for me to put. And listen, Goff had a great year. Lions offense is incredible, but Lions offense also, you know, kind of bailed Dan Campbell out of some sticky situations on all those fourth downs. D'Amico Ryan's only really had, you know. CJ Stroud and a, and a couple maybe okay weapons to work with. I mean, single, t- you know, it's like it's tough, Tank Dell. Tank Dell got hurt in week 13 if he was fully healthy yeah. for the entire year. So, yeah. So, yeah. just for all those reasons, it's D'Amico Ryans for me. Yeah. You know what? I'll agree. I was debating between Campbell and Ryans. I'll, I'll lock it in for D'Amico uh, for all those reasons. Shane? Well, we got another unanimous vote. Um, Let's go. D'Amico Ryans. You know, yeah. And, and you know, I, I think Dan Campbell is certainly a, a a fair choice. I just, you know, I look at these two teams, and when you think about expectations, uh, I at the beginning of the year, not to toot my own horn, but I predicted the Lions would win the division um, and be the third seed, precisely is what I said, and they were. So, um, to me, I wasn't like as impressed with Campbell, I think, just because, or, well, that's not true. I I wasn't as impressed with Campbell as I was with D'Amico Ryans, that's what I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was like, well, well that's kind of how I expected them to be anyways. Uh, but Houston, I mean, I genuinely thought Houston was going to have the worst record in the NFL this year. 
Um, and not only did they have a winning record, but they made the playoffs and they also won the division. So, you know, just, and yes, it's the AFC South. It's garbage. We all know that, but, um, but you know, this is, I mean, still, it's not easy to win a division, no matter what it is. Um, and so, yeah. And like Brandon said, I mean, he did that with not much, you know? So do you, speaking of that, do you guys know where the Texans first round pick is located? It's not what the Texans, what team has it? Do you guys remember? Uh, is it the Cardinals? The Cardinals have it. Yeah. That's and right. so, yeah. so we, we thought the Cardinals would have number one and number two. Little did we know that pick is going to be what? 26. What a great trade. Good job, wow. Houston. <laughs> Good job, Houston. <laughs> uh ap yeah. assistant ap assistant coach of the year uh we have ben johnson the lions oc mike mcdonald the ravens defensive coordinator todd munkin the ravens offensive coordinator jim swartz the browns defensive coordinator and bobby slowick the texans offensive coordinator i'm gonna go ben johnson i think bobby slowick bobby slowick became actually one of my favorite coaches in the entire league he's just he, the way he calls plays is awesome he has the same energy as d'amico for the offense, but uh, for me, it's Ben Johnson. I mean, the guy had a lot of leeway for a lot of teams for a coaching job this year. Didn't end up getting one. He'll get one in 2025. I, he was rising up the ranks very quickly. This is the first year I kind of knew a lot more about him. Uh, but what he did with, with Jared Goff, number one. Jared Goff was in my MVP conversation early on in the year. He obviously fell out after a couple bad games in the middle of the year, but Doing that with Jared Goff, and for me to actually say, oh my god, I actually want to resign Jared Goff. Um, never thought I'd say that <laughs> if I'm Detroit, but what he did with Jared. I Look, CJ, CJ, he's special, and Slovak is a huge part of what they did offensively. Uh, but for me, it is Ben Johnson. You can make a case for all these guys, really. Um, Brandon, what do you think for uh, assistant coach of the year? Yeah, I'm with you, Rob. It's, it's Ben Johnson. Um just what what the Lions did with I Millis mean, and just uh, that offense is incredible. I mean, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, Jared Goff, you know, running back duo with Gibbs and Montgomery, uh, Jamison Williams. I mean, he made plays here and there. Um, you know, have to have many weapons like that to have a good offensive line, but to, but to know how to use them, <laughs> the Brian Johnson didn't in Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, but but for for but for Ben Johnson to be able to utilize them the way he did to, to like their game plan every week just was to me from what I watched it was great uh, getting these guys open in space you know and listen Jared Goff is not a mobile quarterback he's a statue back there so to get to give him you know quick quick reads but also you know but effective ones to utilize the run game the way they did. Uh, to basically have a, have a nice you know flow between between you know rushing and passing, um, it's it's just play to all these guys' strengths. That's what a good offensive coordinator does. And I mean, listen, the, the Ravens' defense was great this year, so Mike McDonald does deserve his love. Uh, you know, well, both Ravens coaches really because they, I mean, both in a way. I mean, but Tom Munkin, uh, you know, his his handling of the running game was very very questionable. Um, he was an Oklahoma short. guy, so yeah. what do you expect? Yeah, um, 
but Jim Schwartz, you know, that, that Browns defense was really good this year. Um, as they have been, but really this year, they were really good. Uh, you know, Bobby Slug became one of my favorite guys. I, when I, when I, when I wanted Nick Sirianni fired, I kind of wanted to see Bobby Slowick fit some sort of role in Philadelphia. Um, but he would have been a good I, head coach gonna, for you guys. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I really like him a lot. But this this award to me is just Ben Johnson, just for for all the all the things that 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 Lions offense did. It's it's Ben Johnson. Shane, is this another unanimous? It is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Uh, listen, I you know I got to go with the guy who coordinated the best defense in the NFL despite having massive injuries to multiple key starters, especially in the secondary, yet they still were able to have the number one defense in the NFL in Jim Schwartz. Um, You know, I think Ben Johnson is certainly a good pick. I mean, it's my second for sure. Um, But I just was a little more impressed with Jim Schwartz, considering all the injuries and um, you know the tougher offensive opponents they they faced, um, so that's that's where I'm at with it. But um, but like I said, Ben Johnson is also a very good pick. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I do like your your take on Jim Schwartz there. All right, that is the AP awards done and dusted. Uh, now we're going to our awards. Um, We'll begin with best line. I decided uh, last year we did best D line. This year I decided to do best front seven um, instead. But uh, we'll do those two yeah. first. Um, best offensive line. Our nominees are the Niners, the Eagles, the Lions, the Texans, and the Dolphins. With this, obviously, you can pick someone else that isn't on this list, uh, just because these aren't official awards. Uh, but Shane, go ahead. Lions, easy next. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I, I, I'm I, kidding. I mean, I have yeah. to agree. I, I think you agree. can make a case. I think you can make a solid case for a few different groups, but for me, it's it's the Lions. I think they're just the most well-rounded. Um, you know, between between all five guys. Uh, Brandon, what do you think? I'm going Lions as well. Yeah, as much as I want to pick my birds, it's the Lions. So <laughs> that was quick go. and easy. That was quick yeah. and easy. Uh, also, keep in mind this is actually one of the younger offensive lines in the NFL. That's that fucking. Too. That's fucking yeah. scary. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Vote for best <laughs> line, and they're they're pretty damn young. Uh, best front seven: Niners, Cowboys, Browns, Ravens, Steelers. Uh, Brandon, what's your pick? I mean, uh, listen, these these guys are all dominant, but. That Niners, that Niners D, that's all household names all over it. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Chase Young now, uh, Bosa, you know, Armstead. Um, it's, it's like, it's ridiculous. And there's guys that I know I forgot. It's Ron Hargrave. Um, I mean, the, you know, the, those guys are just, that front seven, the, the, the sacks, the pressure they can get on the quarterback, the, the interceptions, the great, I mean, both linebackers are good in coverage. Uh, I think good's an understatement. Um, they both hit hard. They're both game changers. Um, the Niners, I mean, they're not the best defense of this group, obviously, 
but they're the best front seven in terms of names and in terms of just the playmakers on at every single position in that front seven. This is really tough. I have another team I would pick, but I'll probably save them for later. Uh, just because I don't want to double up. I'll, I'll take the Niners as well. I think just overall, just, yeah, just everything you said, Brandon. That team has talent everywhere in that front seven. And they improved on it uh, with trades, even this year, too, bringing in Chase Young. So, um, Shane, uh, what, what's uh, your pick for best front seven? And we got another sweep. Um, Niners yeah, win mean, our best all, front seven. Nice. All, um, all, all, all five of these front sevens are, are great, but... Um, but yeah, I mean the Niners are just filthy, dude. Like <laughs> their front seven is, yeah. I mean Brandon listed all those names. I'm still trying to think more there's Greenlaw. More. I mean, there's more. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's so there's so many guys. I mean, it's just, it, yeah. And they're not only do they have those stars, but they're deep too. You know, so yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's pretty easy, or not easy, but you know, easier. <laughs> yeah. Best receiving core. Uh, are you guys okay if I go first for this one? Yep. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna surprise you guys. Baltimore Ravens wins best receiving core. Wow. What? <laughs> okay. What the hell? <laughs> what What happened to that receiving core this year, dog? They. The biggest reason the Ravens made the AFC title game is the receiving core. What the hell? Zay Flowers came in, broke the league by storm. Their two tight ends, doesn't matter who started, was incredible. And you know who else had an incredible year that no one's going to talk about? Odell Beckham Jr. He's the reason he wins this award. Was it amazing? No. But, but it was enough. The reason Lamar Jackson was more comfortable in this offense was because of this receiving core. They finally... Picked up guys that fit this this scheme. I'm I'm serious. If they if the Ravens don't have this receiving core, we don't talk about them as the number one team in football for most of the year. We just do not. They might not be the best from a I guess from an overall talent standpoint when you look at the rest of this. But holy crap! If they don't have that receiving core, they are not in the AFC title game this year. They are not even close to it. Uh, so Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Shane, your thoughts. I mean, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, to me, they're just. I mean, to me, the Ravens receivers are just a bunch of like B, B plus guys, which is which is good. But I, I don't look at that and think like, oh, this is the best receiving core in the league. Um, well, again, we're talking for this I, year too, and that that's a huge reason I why I wouldn't. So yeah, my. I will say my second best receiving core is not one of the nominees. It'd be the Miami Dolphins. Um, oh yeah. yeah, I think we missed them there. Yeah, that's fair. Again, but, they, we have others for a reason. If we miss them, we miss them. Yeah, but my number one though uh, is is Philly for sure. Let's I mean, go, Shane. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty easy. Not easy, but um, but they weren't yeah, effective. I mean, but they weren't effective for the second half of the year. Yeah, but you know why? I know why, but I'm not going to vote for them if they weren't effective. I mean, I don't think it's their fault. <laughs> it's also not, not their fault. I, mean, I, 
I don't I don't think it's that they weren't effective. It's that it's that AJ Brown wasn't effective, but then Devontae Smith took over the second half of the season. Yeah. So so it's I mean, these are th- these these are the only two receivers on the same team that I think had like over ninety receptions and uh and like over eleven hundred yards or something crazy. Uh, it wasn't the Dolphins with Tyreek and and Jalen Waddle. It was it was Brown and Smith. Um. So, yeah. Uh, to me, it's to me, it's them. But um, and also, but yeah. also, aren't we the only wide receiver core on on this list of these five that had that had two receivers over a thousand yards? I think so. Yeah, I think so. so and and that's. That's with a completely inept coaching. Listen, that's why I'm picking the Eagles. It's not just because I'm buying my Eagles boy. It's because only receiving core that had over a thousand yards between two receivers. Uh, you had, you know, they didn't use Dallas Goddard effectively enough, and he still had almost 600 yards. Um, and you know, when when your game plan. Is to just set is to by you know this that's why I'm voting for Philly and it's if it wasn't for if it was any other coaching staff I wouldn't have voted for my Eagles believe it or not um, but two words Brian Johnson I I still I see that man in my nightmare Brian Johnson I, is the reason <laughs> I didn't vote for you guys for this award but, but, but when no, you he's the reason it, I did vote for <laughs> exactly exactly when you because despite. What, this yeah. garbage coach and scheme that they had to do, they still were the highest. They, they still were the only two receivers on the same team with a thousand yards and 90 catches and whatever else. Like, so I, was, I think I was I think like, also, damn, that's impressive. I think we also failed to realize that if it wasn't for Brian Johnson, AJ Brown would have had 2000 yards receiving this season. Would have had easily 2000 yards. And Devontae Smith probably would have I, th- I think he would have. He had almost fifteen hundred this year, and and that's that's with a a very 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 slow second half. He was keeping neck and neck with Tyreek Hill, and you know, so I think he would have led the league in receiving yards if it wasn't at least if it wasn't for Bri- for Brian Johnson. So, you know, and this is why I like the Kellen Moore hire to, to go to next year real quick, is because he'll get those guys the ball in space. And that's where they are the best. So, yeah. So, be prepared for those numbers to shoot up even more next year if they're healthy. So, it's the Eagles for this award. Best secondary. We have three non 500 teams in this the Saints, the Giants, and the Jets. Again, we're talking about secondary. We're not talking about how they played all season. And then the Ravens, Chiefs, and Texans are the playoff teams. Brandon, go ahead. Best secondary. God, it's it's tough because really, I think, I mean, out of these six teams, four or five of them, you could make a case for easily. Um, like I think the Giants didn't the Giants weren't the Giants like top five in takeaways this year, despite having just an awful yes. I mean, yes. overall team. Yes. So like, <laughs> so like the so the Giants secondary actually played really really well this year. Um, but I think if I got to pick anybody. I'm picking it. I'm giving it to the team that, I mean, they were just sticky to receivers all year. And I got to go with the guy that I think is probably the, the 
had the best season, I think, out of all the corners I can think of on this list or in the secondary on these teams, like Legereus Sneed for the Chiefs. Um, I I think the Chiefs secondary probably wins this award for me. I, I could either, I, but I could see if anybody, if you, if you, if both of you, and you probably will pick, you know, a different team. And I've thought about it. I mean, obviously, Jets and Giants in this area, I know them very well. Both those teams were great. But I think the Chiefs had the stickiest secondary where every game, I, I didn't see a lot of blown coverages this year from those guys. Every throw was, was tightly contested. Every throw, every, you know, you know, Snead is one of the stickiest corners in the NFL. Um, I mean, there's a reason why he's going to be, why he's, you know, I think in this offseason that they've talked about him as being like a team, a guy that almost every team in the NFL might look to go after. Um, and for good reason. Uh, but I mean, like you can give this to the Ravens because Kyle Hamilton had a great year, especially late. Um you could, I mean, the Giants, you know, with, with McKinney, uh, uh, with, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, that kid, uh, what, Deontay, Deontay Banks? Who the hell, what's that kid? Uh, I, I know they're a secondary guy, I'm blanking right now, but, you know, but top five takeaways, you can easily say they deserve it. But I think in terms of just the overall play of the secondary, it's the Chiefs for me. Uh, I was thinking Ravens or Chiefs. I'll go Chiefs because I think I for NFL awards I also have to think about this as well. Like what the Chiefs didn't make the Super Bowl. Obviously, we're not focusing on on playoffs for these awards. That's fair. But the Chiefs made the Super Bowl, and the huge reason they made the Super Bowl was the secondary. <laughs> and I'm talking about what they did from Week One to Week 18. They would not yeah. be in the Super Bowl. They would not get there without them even for what they did in week one to 18 and i love trent mcduffie uw kid one of my absolute favorite guys in this league right now what a stud uh same with kyle hamilton but uh for me it is the kansas city chiefs shane same here baby uh yeah kc uh, wins best secondary unanimously i i did not think you guys were going to be on the same page as me but okay i now, yeah, I mean, I will say I think um, a, a close, really close second for me is the Jets, uh, to be quite honest. I, yeah. you know, just when you're, when you look at it, it's like, well, they allowed less passing yards, less passing touchdowns than the Chiefs, um, but like you guys were saying, they just elevated the overall team so much more. Whereas uh, with the Jets, it was just kind of like the only thing they did well. And otherwise <laughs> it was just a bunch yeah. of mediocrity. Um, and mediocrity is being nice. So it's, yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely the, the Chiefs. Plus they just, um, the Chiefs, they also feel a lot more, um, they feel a lot more, how do I put it, like, explosive than the Jets' secondary. Um, yeah, I think so, that's a fair take, actually. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think overall, I, I just I would give it to them. All right. Uh, next up is best special teamer. Do you guys think we did a good job of, like, before we get to 
uh, best running back duo as well. Do you guys think we did a good job in terms of making sure we cover the entire NFL with all these awards? I think so. I think we did. Because yeah. I think this is probably the best in terms of trying to get everyone in here. Uh, best special teamer, kicker, or punter. We didn't do gunners. I would have done best gunner, but I just don't know that many pure gunners in this league um, to, to make an award for it. Maybe something we'll consider in the future. Uh, best special teamer, Brandon Aubrey. Justin Tucker, Jake Elliott, Young Waku, Harrison Buttkirk, and the lone punter on this list. We had to make one punter, uh, Thomas Morstead of the New York Jets. Shane, best special teamer, kicker, slash punter. Well, Brandon, I'm giving you some Eagles love again. Give me Jake Elliott. Wow. Um, okay. I, I mean, listen, I'm just saying... Eagles, they did win 11 games before their tumultuous ending. <laughs> and our a lot of those wins <laughs> a lot of those wins were because of him. I'm just saying, normally I don't give all the glory to the kickers and vice versa. If they miss some field goal to lose it, I'm not like going to harp on them. But, I mean, this dude would be out there scoring four or five field goals a game. Uh, I mean, that's, that's two touchdowns. Like, <laughs> You know, and so, um, and from any distance in any weather, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's 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 pretty easy for me, Brandon. Yeah, like the more I think about it, like, you know, obviously, this is an AP award, so like, it's like it's easy to say Brandon Aubrey, right? And I, you know, I don't want to sound like the homer, but the more I think about it. You can't like you cannot discredit Jake Elliott and Jake Elliott is my pick and here we go my homerism, um but it's but you know why it's Jake Elliott and not Brandon Aubrey, it's it's simple Aubrey kicks in a dome Jake Elliott kicks <laughs> sixty plus yards in wind rain sleet snow or hail, <laughs> like uh. I don't care it's like and the thing is actually. Brandon Aubrey missed more extra points this year than Jake Elliott did. He missed three. Jake Elliott missed one. So, uh, so just by that too, and they they both they both I believe missed two kicks. So the kicks were even. Uh, obviously Aubrey kicked a little bit more, but but Jake Elliott's kicks were a lot more clutch. Uh, Jake Elliott literally was the Eagles MVP for about two months <laughs> <laughs> because that's all he did was drill big kicks, and that's all he does. You know, it's, you know, they don't call him Jake the Make or Jake the Snake and all that, you know, all those names for nothing. Um, you know, big game, Jake. So I I love Jake Elliott. So Jake Elliott's my boy. So I, I'm, I'm taking him for best special team, even though I, I listen, I can understand that it's Brandon Aubrey. But when you think about weather and bigger moments, nobody in the NFL, I think, is better than Jake Elliott. I think a lot of these guys really deserve a lot of love. Everybody, by the way, the fact that Thomas Moore says the only punter says a lot because Moore said oh, yeah. so fucking good this year. Moore so freaking good. good. Um, it's Brandon Aubrey. You know what? I'm just gonna say this right now. I was trying to think about this because he's a rookie, right? I put him in offensive rookie of the year over B. John Robinson. <laughs> The yeah, idea, yeah. the no idea, wrong, this guy, the, uh, the idea that this guy doesn't have an offensive rookie of the year, not even as a kicker, I think is disgusting. We all know the kid's story. I'm not going to repeat it. Part of it is the story, but I'm sorry. This is the National Football League. 
This dude came off the street and did what he did. It's fucking insane. And the Cowboys were always searching for kickers. They got their kicker for the next, what, 10 years? What the hell? Like, out of just nowhere, basically. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, I get what you guys are saying for Jake Elliott, but for Brandon Aubrey to basically come off the street and do what he did, just what the hell? Un-fucking-believable. Unbelievable. Um, Yeah, all these kickers deserve a lot of love. Best running back duo. Here we go. Uh, best running back duo. We have Jameer Gibbs, Dion Montgomery, DeJord Lyons, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gamewell, Philadelphia Eagles, Kenneth Walker III, and Zach Charbonnet, Seattle Seahawks, Raheem Mostert, Devon H. Miami Dolphins, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Brandon, who's your pick for best running back duo? And for me, it is going to be going not giving some more Dolphins love. It's you know it's the boys in the backfield in Miami. It's H A N N and and uh, Mostert. Um, I mean you know you look at it both. I mean uh, look, look at what Devon H A N did. Um, you know only started four. I mean he played in eleven games. We only started four of them. 800 yards rushing, so which is an astonishing 7.8 yards a carry that he had this year. Eight TDs. He had three receiving TDs as well on top of it. He had 11 TDs total this year in, in basically four games started in 11 games, so TD a game. Um, so you combine that, and then Moster, I believe, led the league in rushing touchdowns. He had 18 of them. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, on top of having a thousand yards, listen, I could give this one to Gibbs and Montgomery too, because of what they did for Detroit. And I wouldn't be mad if, if, if you guys picked them, cause they, they absolutely deserve it too. But I just think with, we just, how much, how important, you know, we talk about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but if it wasn't for the running back duo that they have, it's, it would have been tough for the dolphins to, to hang around as long as they did to make the playoffs and to hang around as long as they did, you know, with the Bills, or like, you know, them and the Bills, you know, fighting it out in the division. But, you know, I, I just think that that running back duo was insane. And I mean, it's, it's, I have to give it to them because I've given the Lions plenty of love, I think, so far. So I want to go back to the Dolphins and give them some love. So to me, it's, it's those two in Miami just because it's, I mean, they were incredible. They, their yards per carry were great. Uh, between the both of them, they had, what, almost, it was like, well, if you have 18 rushing touchdowns, you have eight rushing touchdowns. With, you have 11 in total for A-Chain. You have 18. I don't, I don't know how many. Did it, did, did, uh, did what, did Moster get any receiving TDs? He got a few, yeah, I think. So, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, when you combine it, like, even if you take away what other receiver, like I don't know how many receiving TDs he has. That's 29. So basically 30, 30 TDs between them before you count if Mostert had any receiving TDs. And I'll actually I'll do that right, real quick right now. Um, Mostert had had three receiving, t- three receiving TDs of his own. So they had 32 combined touchdowns between them. That's ridiculous. So, I mean... Uh, I don't see how you you can't give it to them just because they also had the biggest impact in the end zone. They finished drives mostly for for uh, Miami. So for me, it's those guys. 
the the reason why I decided to create this award because this was my kind of thinking was a lot of the running backs. There's not like a lot of pure number ones. There's a lot of duos. There's a lot of trios. So I wanted to give those guys some love and say this is the era of the position, and we should give you know multiple guys some love with this award. Uh, Shane, best RB duo for you. I'm going Miami as well. I I think um, you know Gibbs and Montgomery is a good second uh, for sure. But you know I ultimately comes down to you know everything Brandon said. But um, one thing I will add on to that is they played behind. A much worse offensive line than yeah <laughs> than uh, Gibbs and Montgomery, but not to take anything away from those guys, but it's just you know that's just the truth. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, not that Miami's offensive line is bad, but it's not like amazing. Um, <clears throat> so, I think that's for me at least that that's kind of that is another thing that really just cemented it for me uh the reason i'm taking the lions duo is is not even just what they did on the field it's the lions this is more of a lions front office award because what the hell they got rid of both of their running backs for essentially nothing they i think they trade up to get gibbs and i was like okay you have swift are you just gonna trade them montgomery didn't seem like a good fit i was like what are you doing what what is what what is happening? Like what you had great running backs already. You were fine. You didn't need to do anything there. It felt like a downgrade. It was a massive upgrade. Are you kidding me? What? Like <laughs> for me, like best running back do a much love to both Gibbs and Montgomery. But th- the bigger thing for me with this award is that front office bringing those two together. Are you kidding me? The fact that this worked as well as it did for me is insane. I respect you guys picking Mostert and A-Chan. Mostert made his first Pro Bowl well-deserved. A-Chan's going to have a great career. Um, but just because of the, I, the the audacity for the Lions to make this move and bet on themselves to make this move with their running backs, unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, Montgomery and Gibbs yeah, win this award. And you know what I love about it too is that it worked out for both sides. The Eagles get a thousand-yard rusher. And and Lions got what they got out of it. So and 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 the, and the Saints too. got and the Saints got uh, pretty well as well with that as well. Uh, yeah. With that, uh, which I'm forgetting the name. Our uh, uh, just our anime Williams. man Williams, our anime man Jamal Williams. Yeah. yeah, he was pretty good uh, at points for the New Orleans Saints this year. Uh, best head coaching hire pre 2024 offseason. Of course, I will say that you can consider Antonio Pierce's season this year as well. You are welcome to. Uh, that might make it a little easier. That might not. Uh, but again, this is pre the off season, so we'll go back to our picks once we once we end next year and do this again to see if we were right. Um, Shane, best head coaching hire pre twenty twenty four off season: Mike McDonald, Seattle Seahawks, Jim Harbaugh, LA Chargers, Raheem Mostert, Atlanta Falcons, Dave Candanos, who worked with with Seattle for a while for the Carolina Panthers, Gerard Mayo, New England Patriots, Brian Callahan, Tennessee Titans. Dan Quinn, Washington Commanders, and the aforementioned Antonio Pierce for the Raiders. What's your pick for best head coaching hire in the offseason? Before we start the offseason, uh, what's your pick? 
I mean, it's got to be Harbaugh, right? <laughs> like, there's, you know, I mean, there certainly were some, uh, some good hires here. In my opinion, a lot of really dumb ones. I mean, like Raheem Morris to Atlanta. Yeah, that worked out well the first time. Um, that didn't make you know, sense. Uh, Dave Canales, I was like, okay. Gerard Mayo kind of seemed like a reach. Brian Callahan, I guess, is fine, but it just seemed random. Dan Quinn, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean, there's really only three here that I feel somewhat good about. <laughs> um, that'd be Antonio Pierce, because, I mean, we saw what he did last year. They, the locker room seems to really believe in him. Um, Harbaugh Mike and McDonald McDonald's. is definitely... Yeah. Yeah, and you know McDonald is definitely, um, you know, it, it's a risk because obviously he's a first-time head coach, but and he's a defensive um, guy, right? That, that adds which, to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, but Harbaugh, I mean, you know, we've seen him have championship-caliber teams everywhere he's gone. So I mean, you know, why isn't he going to do it again? <laughs> And 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 the thing for why and the thing for why I take Harbaugh and this is why we didn't really talk about it was because we kind of knew it was going to happen. Number one and number two, he's got <laughs> this is his best roster he's ever had. Yeah, I think uh, I think of his too. career. Th- this team not even making a a run during the season for at least an AFC title, even with what the Chiefs are doing, what the what the Bengals are going to do next year, we know they're going to get back to fully healthy and hopefully uh, Bills. They're going to be in that fucking mix next year. And they're going to be high on that mix. Harbaugh's going to get... Harbaugh even said he was starstruck by Justin Herbert. What the hell? I mean, dude, he's going to be starstruck. <laughs> he's going to be starstruck all over the place then. I think he's just giddy to work with these guys. I really do. I think he's chomping at the bit because he knows this roster is ready to go. Uh, it's easily Harbaugh, and Brandon, I think it is for you as well. Yeah, it's it's easily Jim Harbaugh. It's unanimous. Uh, Harbaugh is the obviously the most experienced coach here, I think. Um, yes, and and mm-hmm. uh, just the fact that yeah, he's won everywhere he's been. Uh, he's he's he knows how to just get the most out of his rosters. Um, you know, and I mean, listen, if Justin Herbert, if we know how talented he is, and that's that's with Brandon Staley being an idiot, um, <laughs> then then it's like it's like then we know what Jim Harbaugh can do with, with him and what he can do with that roster. He's going to work wonders with that roster. Um, listen, Antonio Pierce to me is a is second, even though he did he did coach last year as a head coach. I mean, interim, but still, Antonio Pierce gets his guys to play for him. So, you know, got to give some love to him. Um, Antonio Pierce really made that Raiders team look look pretty good for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, but the, the but the award for the this is Jim Harbaugh all over it. Um, it's Harbaugh was like what the most sought after guy after Belichick presumably. Yeah, yeah, but Belichick. I mean, I think he was behind Harp. I think he was behind a couple guys really. But yeah, but, I think he was um, the most. Period. Yeah. But I, of anybody. I, 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 yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh though is definitely just like that's that's the guy that every team 
wants that wishes they were they were that he was their head coach. Um, so yeah, it's it's Harbaugh for all those reasons you guys said it, then some. So I'll, I'll quickly say this about Harbaugh too. Yes, he wanted to get that national championship for the alma mater, and I get that, and and great for him, right? He he wants to get that Lombardi. That's his focus. But I also yeah. think that part of why he stayed at Michigan as long as he did, regardless of winning a natty or not, even if he won a natty in years prior, which he had opportunities to do, I don't. I still think he would have been at Michigan until now. Because if you look at the jobs that were available, and he interviewed for a lot of them. I'm not saying he didn't over the course of his tenure at, at U of M. I just don't think he liked the rosters and the organizations that were interviewing him. So he just yeah. said, I'm happy at Michigan. And this was, he won. But even if he didn't win, I still think he would have been in LA. Because I don't think mm-hmm. there's a way you pass up on that kind of roster. But everything worked out. He did win. And he waited and waited for the perfect job. And he got it. Um, yeah. So that that's a huge part of it. Game of the year. We got Lions-Niners NFC title game on Fox. Eagles Bills uh, Week Twelve CBS obviously Romo Nance and Wolfson did that one. Uh, Eagles Seahawks Monday Night Football Week Fifteen on all the networks of ESPN. Chiefs Bills AFC AFC Divisional on CBS obviously with the number one team. Rams Lions NFC Divisional um, with the number one team for NBC. Chargers Dolphins Week One one of my favorite games actually of the year that I forgot about. They actually had like the number three team there for CBS and then Bengals. I reminded you about that game too. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, did. Cause I, for, I forgot it. I for, and then another one we forgot Bengals Jags, the crazy overtime game with the two backup quarterbacks week 13, Monday night football on the networks of ESPN. Uh, Brandon, what are, what, or what is your game of the year in a really weird list for game of the year? I'll tell you that. I mean, I, as my, I thought about the Chargers Dolphins and I was like, yeah, it's a great game. Bengals Jaguars is obviously great, especially with, you know, Jake Browning turning into Tom Brady for one game. And then obviously at the end, the unexpected, you know, Trevor Lawrence going down um, and the game obviously going into going into OT and stuff. Um, it's it's just that game was so fun. But the game of the year for me has been the one I've picked since the game ended and it's my boys against Eagles Bills. Um, e- Eagles Bills was everything you could hope for in two elite quarterbacks. Because listen, all those games were good. All those games had good QB matchups. I mean, and obviously Mahomes and Allen, you know, part part seventy five <laughs> was was fun to watch, but it was a little bit sloppy. But the Eagles Bills game had the most amount of twists and turns and up and downs that I saw in a game this year. And, and you know, at one point the Eagles were down by 10 in that game and late in that game. And Jalen Hurts became God. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, come back, you know, how many comebacks did, did he lead this year for Philadelphia? Um, and put Jake Elliott in range to win games for us. Um, you know, despite bad play calling, but Josh Allen led our defense up in that game. But, we we hung 37 eventually on that defense on that Bills defense and you know it's that was a game where I think what Devontae Smith had a TD uh that crazy third and 14 third and 15 where Hurts rolls out to the left and finds a case in the back of the end zone 
for for a TD. Obviously, the the ten yard QB draw for a TD in overtime, which I hated the call, and then I'm screaming for Jalen Hurts to go, and I lost. And Rob, you were on the you were on the phone with me for that one. I, I lost I, my my. Throat. You lost your shit. You lost your absolute shit. Yeah. And so so you know that I just and not just because it, that game meant so much at the time in in this season that at that time that was the that was a Bills team that was was that needed to right the ship but they we still knew how dangerous they could be and that was an Eagles team that up to that point was the best team in football so it, it was a marquee matchup two elite quarterbacks in crappy weather in Philadelphia mind you and they both lit the they lit the defenses on fire um so to me that game had everything you could want in a football game uh, all these games that were great, but I think uh, just a little bit of my homerism does come into play here, but you can't look at that game and think that it wasn't absolutely spectacular. Um, so, yeah, and also that was that was the the second game. We wore our Kelly Greens, and I love the Kelly Greens. Who, so, doesn't, who doesn't love the Kelly uh, Greens? So so that game is my is my game of the year. <laughs> I, know, uh, I know Shane doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, really quick, I said ESPN <laughs> Networks. Obviously, a lot of the games this year due to the writers' strike were on ABC this year. Um, so that's part of why. Uh, Shane, your game of the year. Uh, I would go. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna go. Chiefs Bills. I, I just, you know, I love every matchup we get between those two. In the playoffs, I mean, like, in the playoffs, they're just dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, they're the new Brady and Manning, <laughs> like, you know, and so I, well, kind of. But anyways, <laughs> you get the point. So. Uh, and I just, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's great January football. Uh, and, you know, I, I was hoping for a different outcome, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's, it, all the back and forth and being such a tight game and, you know, really both teams putting on their best, it felt like. So, um yeah, for me that was that was the best game of the year. But yeah, the Philly the Philly Buffalo game was uh, that was pretty good too. Yeah, I know. There, that was, that was there, that, there's a lot of yeah, there's a few good choices here. I think I think if I were to rank them, I well, I don't even know if I can rank them. I love Eagles Seahawks. That game was nuts. I love all these games were nuts in their own way. Uh, Rams Lions. I mostly just think about the end of the game. Just seeing everybody freak out about the Lions winning a playoff game. For me, it's Chiefs Bills. I said it at the time, and I can't degrade myself from it. It's one of the best games I think I've ever seen with my own two eyelids. <laughs> it was just so nuts. All four quarters, that game was crazy. And, and Brandon, you and I came into the show that week and talked about how nuts that fourth quarter was. Mm-hmm. But that whole game yeah. was nuts on top of the fourth quarter. I'm totally fine with you picking with you picking Eagles Bills though, because I remember that we might even rewatch it in the offseason because that game was nuts. And it deserves a lot more love than it's gonna get from us, I think. But it yeah. Just there weren't that many overall great games this year. Uh, but I think the ones we picked were really good. But yeah, Chiefs Bills is actually one of the best games I think I have ever seen personally. Yeah, that's fair. Uh number one 
broadcast team, of course, Burkhart Olsen for the final time. Uh, sad tears, honestly. Uh, we'll see where Olsen goes. He probably won't be at Fox next year. Uh, but Burkhart Olsen for the final time. Um, one of the best commentary crews, period, we've seen in a very long time. Uh, Nance and Roma for CBS. Of course, they're doing the Super Bowl. Tariq and Collinsworth for NBC. Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit for Amazon Prime Video. And Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for the networks of ESPN. Uh, Shane, your number one broadcast team, the best one this year. I'm going to go with uh, Joe Buck. No. Uh, <laughs> I. Well, you know who it is, Robert. You're going to pick him again? Dude, of course. <laughs> Alan Kirk. That'd be blasphemy if I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> And they, um, they have another yeah, I mean, really bad they have, schedule. They had another really bad schedule, and they were very good. Yeah. You know, they had an awful schedule, but... I will say, though, um, I really liked Kurt and uh, and Greg this year. Uh, they... Uh, you know, last year... I Sorry, not Kurt. Um, um, Kevin. Kevin, yeah. KB. Kevin and, and Greg, KB. yeah. KB. KB. Uh, no, I, so I really, I really liked, I, I, last year I wasn't, or like, you know, last couple of years, I was kind of like lukewarm on them, eh, but they, they grew on me a lot this year. Um, and you know, just when that started to happen, they were like, yeah, all right, well, Brady's coming in now. And I was like, great. That's great. Awesome. We're getting rid of um, one of the best teams we've seen in a long while. Great, great, great. Like, yeah, thanks. Um, Tariko and Collinsworth, I think, are good individually, but uh, together they just feel weird to me. I don't know why. Um, Nats and Romo are are Nats and Romo. They're just I don't know. They're CBS. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm honest. They're CBS. They fit CBS. CBS is an older crowd. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, Boy, Jim. And then Joe and and Troy, uh, just please get off my TV. Um, oh my God! But, uh, uh, wait, wait. Can I can I go next then? Uh huh. Joe and Troy won my my award this year. They were so fucking good. They were so good this year. Shane, I don't understand how you just. Oh, Shane had to bump out. Shane, are you good? <laughs> Did you just leave? Did you leave it? How, bro? How? How do you not watch them this year and fall in love with what they did? It was so because fun. They have the most annoying voices ever. <laughs> That's they, fair. They had they had such they they felt like they were in their own element for the first time in years on ESPN. But Joe Buck talks like he's a used car salesman, <laughs> and and Troy Aikman talks like. He goes to the salon three times a day and gossips with other men about their wives. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I was talking to Tracy earlier today, and I don't think she's uh, that interested in you anymore. And then the, the, Joe the, comes out. Like, okay. The, and then, and then the, Joe the, comes out. Yeah, the, this key has a great car, okay? You that can get a disgusting it. act. It has 130,000 miles on it, but it'll get you another 5,000 easily. It's like, okay, okay, it's Shane. Just... Shane, though, did you not watch them and think they were improved this year, though? 
Do you not watch them and think they were improved at the very least? Uh, I not not really. No, oh my god! Damn! I don't have happy thoughts when I listen to them. You're still upset at the ESPN brass for getting them back together. It seems like. Now, see, here's the thing. I don't. To be honest, I don't enjoy most commentators. (laughs) Like, if I'm if I'm watching the game just by myself or like with my dad, we have the TV on like volume two. Um, We just we just like to watch, and not we don't we don't care what they have to say, Um, because most of them either talk too much or they have annoying voices. So I'm just like, screw you. I don't care. <laughs> um, then, but then, you know, if other people watch, like if my mom watches, you know, it's gotta be on like volume 50. Um, cause you know, she's like, I didn't know who every player is. And I'm like, mom, you're just going to forget about them by tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, you know, but <clears throat> anyways, so, um, yeah, what I really would like is us is, to do it. Uh, us if, to do a game. Yes, please. We no, dominate. Well, okay, oh, fine. Lord. But but no. What I really want, what I wish was an option, is if you could have all the stadium noise, but just no commentators. So like, just noise Ooh. that you would hear if you were oh. actually at the game. Sunday oh, ticket. Sunday so ticket. Sunday ticket. Sunday ticket. Sunday ticket. Sunday ticket. Sunday ticket. Sunday ticket should do it. Sunday ticket should do it. Okay. Maddie, you, you want to you want to say that nine more times? Sunday ticket. I I <laughs> think Sunday ticket should do it. I, they would be perfect for it. Uh, no, that's fair. Uh, Brandon, what's your choice for number I, one? I comment? like the crowd noise. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't care for the other stuff. But anyways, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Brandon, what's your number one broadcasting pick? So, it, I feel like we could have split this award into two because my my most improved broadcast team would have been Buck and Aikman. Most improved, but, okay, okay, that's but, fair. But but yeah, because yeah, it, yeah. because no because I I hate them too, but this year they they won me over because they sounded like they were free for once. Yes, thank you. So that's why they so, won it for so, me. So uh, they they get the most improved, but I think the winner. And look at this. I, we're all going to have different opinions. We're all, we, all three of us are different. I was thinking of Buck and Aikman. The more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? I Listen, I can't hide my bias. I like the Jersey boys. So give me KB and Greg Olson. Because, I don't think it's biased. You know, they're so good. I yeah, picked them yeah, last they're year. They're so good. Yeah. But, see, late in the season, it, it became hard late in the season to defend Greg Olson. Because sometimes I was watching games late in the season, and I'm like, what is Greg Olson talking about? <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm like, are you actually watching the game, Greg, or are you dozing off? Um, there was a couple times where I was like, I was like, he's not watching the same game as we are. <laughs> but, 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 to, but, but to be fair, he still knew at it, but he was still good this year. And then KB is out of out of all these guys, KB is the most exciting voice of the of the of like in terms of not not the color of the play by play the main for playing play play by play guys he's the most exciting voice of the guys on this list and listen michaels and buck and the rest of them are all very established they're all well known but they're all old school guys kevin burkhart like listening to him is like listening to gus johnson i need the energy yeah that's fair and, i i that's why i like and, kb too 
And, you know, and also it's, it's well documented, you know, Greg Olson's from Wayne, which is about 20 minutes from me. Uh, KB went to William Patterson. KB is a, is a, a Bloomfield guy. Bloomfield's like 10 minutes from me. Um, so, and also KB grew up a fan of the Eagles, by the way. Um, and, you know, so both these guys, Jersey boys, you know, but I mean, but just besides that, it's just KB's most exciting of all the guys on that list. Greg Olson is just a fun guy. Like he's, it's funny. Cause it's like in his career, he wasn't known for being kind of like a, a funny kind of, you know, like he was a cool kind guy, but it was like, now when you hear him broadcasting, he's a cool guy. Like he really is really cool. Um, but I don't know. I like them the most. I think most improved is Buck and Aikman, but but my pick for number one is KB and Greg Olson. Number one sideline reporter. Um, I have a uh, my pick actually might be surprising, but uh, but uh, Brandon, go ahead. Number one broadcast or number one sideline reporter. Best number one sideline reporter. It's see, I know a lot of people because she's popular are going to say Aaron Andrews. She it's won me. my she won mine last year because I actually thought she was the best last year. But, but yeah. to me, but to me, this is gonna sound really bad. It's gonna sound almost sexist. I think Erin Andrews is the prettiest, but I don't think that means that she's the best. Because Erin Andrews says a lot of things that I could tell you sitting on my couch. <laughs> so so I mean, isn't so, that all these people? Yeah, sort but, of, but, I think, but not really. But I but I but I think her I think her hers is because it's just it, it just becomes overrated. Like for me, I think she's overrated. I don't think she's bad because people get this idea of overrated and bad being the same thing. It's not true. Bad is bad. Overrated is like, okay, they're still good, but they're not as good as people think they are. Um, so that's where kind of Aaron Andrews falls for me. So, I mean, I think in terms of ones that bring a lot to the game out of these five and also just the, the not only are, is she, does she have some humor, but she also is very informative. I and it's it's tough because I like Lisa Salters. I like for me it's between Wolfson Stark and Salters, but I I think I just like because I think I think she pairs well the best with her broadcast team, and that's Tracy Wolfson. So yeah, I, I like her. I like Tracy Wolfson the best. I think she pairs well with Nancy Romo. I think she gives better insight than than if not the best that she's definitely like i'm gonna kick aaron Andrews while she's down which is terrible but like i i, I think all four of these are better than aaron andrews um but i think tracy wilson compliments her team the best i like melissa stark a lot i like lisa Saunders a lot but i think but lisa Saunders also said Saunders says some things on where i'm like i'm like aaron andrews territory where i'm like uh okay i kind of knew that already um, but, but Tracy Wilson, I think is, she kind of is the one to me that gives the most insight and gives the most in depth with it. Um, and I think that she's also just, I mean, she fits her, her team better. And I think that's what we, we miss about silent reporters is not what they add just themselves, but how they fit their team. And I think Wolfson is the best at doing that. So I like her the most. Oh my God, Brandon, we forgot to add an award. But I think it's kind of hard to. You know what we forgot to add that I just thought about the Pot Cookies what? Award for worst game of the year. Oh God damn! But but the but the problem with the problem with us doing that award this year Miami, though. Miami Denver. 
<laughs> any any Jets game because because so here's why I'm actually okay that we didn't do the award this year. You know why I'm okay with it? Because the entire league had bad games. Yeah, the entire yeah, league was bad, so it would have been too hard. This year, so this year, this year so it, <laughs> I guess just make football the award winner for that because it was just bad. Um, Roger Goodell, there we go. <laughs> Roger Goodell. Was, I think we we deserve the award for sitting for for sitting <laughs> through all the games we sat through this year and, and the absolute pain it caused us. Yeah, sure, we win the award. Um, we give ourselves an award. Uh, Shane, who wins uh, best number one sideline reporter? I am also going with Tracy. I, hey. you know, for all all the reasons Brandon stated, but but, um, but yeah, no, I, I liked it, how you, how you touched on the the bit where you know she feels like a. Uh, fit with these guys and that's how i felt as well it's like you know a lot of times when they go to their sideline reporter it's like okay we're doing this thing and now um over to you for this other thing and they're like "Ah, okay yeah great thanks and they move on but it with her if it almost feels like she's an extension of them yeah you know Mm -hmm. which which is what you want um you know it's not like okay uh yeah, I guess we're going. No, it's just like, yeah, uh, Tracy, what'd you find out? Uh, well, you know, guys, uh, you know, it's just like, and then to- and then Tony very... and then Tony bounces off from that as well. Yeah, right. It just feels so natural. Um, and and yeah, she also gives very informative answers. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I, I didn't know that, or you know, whatever. Um, so that's, I, I'd say she's number one for me. Uh, my number one's gonna surprise you guys. She actually won number one this year. Kaylee Hartug, Amazon Prime Video. Incredible. Just not only yeah. informative, not only informative, but this is year two of her doing sideline reporting full time. Like Melissa Stark's done sideline reporting for years. Wolfson, same thing. Salter, same thing. Andrew, same thing. The thing that Hartug is, this is her second year, and she 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 gave insight. I also think Kurt did a good job of bouncing off of what she did. But also, I want to give love to the best, like, not only booth, but, like, the best team in this league right now. And it's it's Amazon. Amazon was great this year from the, from the, from the, uh, excuse me, from the, the pregame, the postgame, the sideline reporting, the prime vision stuff. Just really cool. I like how they approach a younger audience. And they're the, obviously the streaming, but they do a great job of it. I love the Prime team. Yeah, I think it's great. But uh, excuse me, um, where's the Nickelodeon team? They only did. They're only going to do three games. They don't count. <laughs> Dude, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I like the Nickelodeon team, but they got to do more games if we're going to count them. Uh, and the Brandon Furtado Award for the Canadian Provincial Award, the Matt Canada Award. God, I love we gave this. we gave a name. So see, I rather have done this award over worst game because worst game when there was just too many really bad games, we would have had a brutal time. Yeah. So we'll save that award for next year when there's like a clear ass game. What that's like? Oh yeah, this one's clear, like it was in years past. But uh, go ahead, Brandon. This is your award. Uh, explain all the nominees and. Uh, explain who your vote is so so what started out i mean for anybody listening to this show and obviously for you too you guys know this because we 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 did we talked about this since week one um 
you know, we talked about how bad Matt Canada was for the Steelers since last season, even. Um, and obviously he was the first one to get fired this year, obviously for him being uh, the, quite literally the worst play car God has ever seen. Um, but so because he was the first one to get fired and I needed, and we needed a name, it became the Matt Canada award. But also when we figured out, Oh, there's Canadian provinces. So play on Matt Canada. <laughs> we figured, how can we make this funny? And make it so, and and eventually we came up or well mostly maybe Rob too and and Shane kind of we fudge in on this too but um you know we came up with the coaches for well, you know but basically off the, off the games we watched because football was so bad this year that we were like huh let's actually see why these teams are not doing as well as they should be and so obviously you know the Eagles had Brian Johnson uh, Chargers had Brandon Staley uh, and and I'll give you the names later like the nicknames for them. But uh, Zach Taylor for the uh, for the Bengals, Bill O'Brien for the pa- uh, pa- uh, Patriots, and Pete Carmichael for the Saints. And so obviously Brian Johnson, I mean he's bald just like Matt Canada. I I just called him Black Matt Canada. I didn't know what else to call him. <laughs> um, and and I said that in a fit of rage during one of the Eagles games. <laughs> And it, and it, it stuck. The running gag of the season. <laughs> it stuck. <laughs> it became the one. And, and it's funny. It wasn't so much Matt Canada being the inspiration for this award. It was mostly me cursing at Brian Johnson every week. <laughs> that became the inspiration for this award. But Matt Canada so, was clearly the worst. And it's like he yeah, was just terrible. And, and it, yeah, and he was the first domino to fall. So it became the Matt Canada award. So. You have Black Matt Canada, which is Brian Johnson. You have head coach Matt Canada, which was Brandon Staley, who got fired. Uh, you have wide receiver, wide receiver pass Matt Canada, which is Zach Taylor for the Bengals, because he always runs. He's guaranteed to run two of those kinds of plays every single game. Um, and it all it, it usually ends in disaster. Not so much early on, but in the past year or two, it's ended in disaster. Um, and... And this year was no different. He threw an interception. Tyler Boyd threw an interception right to what? I think it was Josh Allen on the Jags. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. Uh, we have 1950s football Matt Canada, which is Bill O'Brien. Part of that is Bill Belichick, but Bill O'Brien still calls the plays. So in that offense, literally looked like it came out of the 1950s. So 1950s football Matt Canada is Bill O'Brien. And for those who don't know, fast car Matt Canada is Pete Carmichael for the Saints. Fast, Fast car, car with two R's. Derek Carr. Yeah. Tracy, the song Derek from Tracy Chapman as yeah. well. And, and, and also also being the fact that uh, Fast Car, because Saints wide receivers, known for speeding. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, because uh, a or lot Derek of... Derek Carr's receivers. Derek yeah. Carr's and, receivers, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah, also because they're fast. And and because just the fact that yeah, Olave, Olave was busted for speeding this year, so it made sense. Um, you know, Michael Thomas gets in trouble here and there, so it, it made sense to have a kind of a funnier name for them. But my before I get to give it to you guys, you know who I'm picking for this award because God, I hate him with a passion, and I'm so glad he's gone. But I still get PTSD from him, and it's Brian Johnson. So it's. And I mean, it's for the obvious reasons. And we explained it every week for the entire year. You, you have so much talent. There is so much talent on that Eagles team that got wasted because of that man, not 
And also, it's not just the fact that he wasted the talent. It was the situational. I've never seen such piss-poor situational awareness in my life. Like, third and inches. Or, no, even second and inches. Let's throw a 50-yard bomb down the field to nobody and waste the play. Second and inches, run the damn ball. Get five yards. Keep the clock and the drive moving. This isn't hard. Like, I get that second down is your shot play. But... Uh, no, no, not not when your routes are fifty yard go routes down the field. Stop that. Like that, <laughs> I I don't I don't like that. I mean, I know what a shot play is, but not when Brian Johnson is is calling the plays. I don't think so. Um, and then on third and two, we decided to throw the ball uh, twenty yards down the field when you should have ran the ball again. So so oh, and don't even get me started on the amount of QB draws that we ran this year. <laughs> I, I I thank God that Kellen Moore does not call that. Thank God I will never in my life have to see a wide receiver screen or quarterback draw ever. I shouldn't say ever again, but I, I guarantee I'll probably only see it maybe a couple times next year. And God bless America. I could not wait for the day where that was possible. So Brian Johnson wins this award for being quite literally the most useless of the five. You get my Mac Canada Award, or AKA the Canadian Provincial Award. Congratulations, Brian Johnson. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. You're out of Philly. Goodbye. Boys, who are you giving this award to? Uh it's it's Brian Johnson. <laughs> There's no way it's not. How is it not? It was some of the worst play calling I've ever seen in my life. And the guy actually stayed for an entire year, unlike Matt Canada. Shane, are you doing the same thing? Um, I hate to end on an ununanimous <laughs> <laughs> vote, but um, Brian Johnson is a great choice, don't get me wrong, but I think I gotta go Brandon Staley because while... Because he pissed you off the most Brian for years. Johnson, well, no, see the thing. It, well, yes, but like, well, Brian Johnson messed up the offense bad. Brandon Staley messed up an entire team. <laughs> I mean, and not to mention, you know, like, I mean, hey, at least Philly, their offense was pretty good for like ten weeks, in spite of Brian Johnson. Yes, but still, but I mean, Chargers just from beginning to end were just awful. And, and you know, he's a defensive coach, in quotes, defensive coach. Um, and they had the worst defense in the league. Like, how does that work? Um, so I, I feel like that was just the most colossal screw-up of this season. But, you know, Brian Johnson, um, yeah, that wasn't great either. That was, um, yeah, that was... That was questionable to say the least. And and let me let me let me just say this. And the reason why it it, it should be, you know, and the reason why it it is Brian Johnson. I mean, because it's uh, it's the obvious reasons. But it, it would be wrong to not acknowledge the other off the the awful candidates that are on this list. You know, Brandon Staley did get did get fired, and for good reason. You know, he did screw up an entire team. But for the other three, you know, Zach Taylor is not necessarily a bad coach, but. It, it, why the wide receiver pass doesn't work, bro? Stop it! Like, it like I know. Like, like how many times are you gonna run? It's it? gonna like, work one of these times. 
Yeah, it's like it's like you know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It's like okay, it worked with Mohammed Sanu back in like 2014. <laughs> it's not going to work anymore. Mohammed Sanu sighting, I love it. <laughs> like, 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 let, let, let's stop here. Like, or Eldell Beckham Jr. on occasion, but I mean, that dude's yeah. a freak athlete. So, like, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, but it's like, okay, but it's like, it's like when I, I, I guarantee you, Tyler Boyd's even sick of these damn plays. Like, that, like this is ridiculous that we that we have him being like the designated quarterback for most of them, um, if not all of them. But like, he's guaranteed to run this play once or twice a game. But the thing is, I, like, it's not as like listen. Not only does it not work, but I could see him running it in certain situations, but he always picks the absolute worst time to call the wide receiver pass. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, how do you get it wrong this often? It's the one play that you should know how to use because you're the only team that runs it. So like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's the, it's the reverse tush push. It doesn't work. Like, I I don't get it. So, I mean, I, he has to be on there just, just for the sheer just insanity of calling that over and over. Bill O'Brien had to be on there. Page, I mean, listen, like I said, it's mostly Bill Belichick, but Bill O'Brien, like, still, bro. Like, I get that there wasn't a, a lot of talent there, but we can't be having such a dry, bland, awful offense, and the play calling is just as dry and bland as the players on that offense, it had, you have to get creative a little bit. And he never did nothing about the Patriots offense was creative. So, you know, it, uh, so for obvious reasons that he had to be on there and P Carmichael, it sucks that he has to be on there. Cause it's really, it, I mean, listen, it's mostly the players than him, but he also just, uh, there were, there were no games this year where, where, where I'm looking at the players the Saints are calling. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> and it, and I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, these guys are not open. Like, it's like, you have Olave, you have A.T. Perry, you have, you know, uh, I mean, listen, an aging Jimmy Graham, but he's back at the Saints. You know, he had a couple catches this year. I think he had a couple touchdowns, too. Um, you know, you have Kam- you have Alvin Kamara. It's it's like, you still, uh, I mean, you know, you still have guys that, that can produce something. And for the offense to be as bad as it was, that's, that's really a, a, an indication of your play caller. And so that's that's P. Carmichael. So, you know, I get that Derek Carr, you know, was not 100 percent, but, it, you know, the play calling was still questionable for them, too. So all these guys deserve to be on this list for, I mean, obviously the, the wrong reasons. You don't want to win an award for being crap. But, you know, but these but Brian Johnson is my it's our Razzies. This is the Razzies. But but it's. It's it's just you know that's what it is. These guys all deserve to be on here for obvious reasons. It's not listen, Chargers fans. I know you're picking Brandon Staley, but you know, but if you you've heard me complain, but you fired him after week. six weeks. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, but but you made the right decision. The Eagles committed suicide. Like the the eagle the eagle decided decided, huh? How how do we get our our wide receivers open? Oh, okay. So we're going to do, you know, and also just think, Brandon said it was terrible for the Chargers, but at least you fired him. But he also had more plays in the playbook than Brian Johnson calling a, a variation of four different plays. QB draw, four verts, uh, a, a sweep, usually a, uh, any kind of sweep play, whether it's with the running back or on a designed RPL, or 
it was um, uh, basically a halfback draw. So when you only have four plays, and y- your your decision and your idea of trying to get them to work is either just to flip the play or to say, we're going to run it because we have talent and we're never going to make adjustments because we have the talent to make it work and it just doesn't work and you keep doing it. That is a problem. And like, I'm so glad I'm free of the hell that that man has put me through this entire season. Words can't describe it. But yeah, he's winning this award for me. He wins the award for you, Rob. But I know Shane. Brandon Staley is obviously a good pick. But I, if you think about it, any of these guys would be a decent pick if you make a case for them. But that's really it. All right. Well, that is it for our award show. This will be uploaded probably alongside the Pro Bowl show that we did earlier in the week. Uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon. We will see you back here the Monday after the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, next week. So we will see you guys then for our Super Bowl um, recap show or Super Bowl post show. But uh, thank you guys uh, for our great awards. That was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Good time as always. Yes, sir. That was fun. I, I look forward to the show every year. So I hope everybody else, you know, listening had fun too. Yeah. It's definitely a really fun one. Uh, good debates as well. All right. We will see you all on, I guess, the day after the Super Bowl. See you all then. Yes, sir. Oh, by the way, really quick. Super Bowl prediction. Go. Uh, 21-17 Chiefs. Uh, okay. I'll give it scores. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs 24-21. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs 21-14. There we Ooh. go. Okay. We're all kind of in agreement. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, And that will be it. We will uh, see you all soon. All right.